Let me invite you to turn to the book of Genesis today. We are going to consider verse 15 to 22. Chapter 8, verse 15 to 22. I'll ask uh, why Sonny if he can read for us. Genesis chapter 8. Uh, mawakula kuti noa aduluka mchombo Verse 15 Sono mulungu anauza noa kuti Iwe mkazi wako anako Pamozi ndi akazi au tuluka ni mchombomo Tulusa zamoyo zonse ziri ndiwe Mbalame nyama ndizo kwa wazonse Kuti ziswane ndi kuchuluka na paziku lavansi Noa anaduluka pamozi ndi anake Amuna, mkazi wake, ndi akazi anake. Nyama zonse, zokwa wa zonse, mbala mezonse, chiri jose choenda paziko lavansi. Zinaduluka mchombo, moso gozana, monga mwamitundu yao. Pamene ponoa anamangagua la nsembe la Yehova, ndipo anatengago ntundu uli ose wanyama, zoti nkuja, ndi mbala mezoti nkuja, napeleka nsembe yopyeleza. Yehova anamfa fungulabu ino, anati muntima mwake. Sindi za tembelela sonta haka chifuwa jamundu. Ngakale kuti maganizo a muntima mwake, ndi oipa kuyambira ubwana wake. Ndipo sindi za ononga sozo lengedwa zonse za moyomonga ndajitiramu. Zonse zomwe uh, mene ziko lapansi liza kalire, ntau yozala, ntintau yokolora, yozizi la ndio tenta, zinja ndijirimwe, Usiku, uh, usana ndi usiku, sivizata. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. We are so grateful for this beautiful morning. Mostly for uh, the opportunity to look at your word. And hear from you speaking. And from these verses which we have read, we ask for the power of the Holy Spirit that he might help us to understand it. May he open our understanding so that we can see how beautiful is the salvation that God brings to and that we will not just see it, but we will understand it. But we will not just understand it, but it will cause us to worship in the right way. It will cause us to be thankful. So we ask that you teach us. As I was thinking of this passage, I was thinking of how we can, uh, how I can summarize it in a, a proper way so that everyone understands. Understand. I, I think. Uh, the salvation that God brings to people should cause people to worship him rightly. 
Zikuenena kujiti sa kunena kuti anthu amupembeze ile imona nchini. Cause people to be grateful for what God has done. Zikuenena kuapanga anthu kukala otokoza pazimene Mungu wachita. So I was drawn to a story in the in the book of Luke. Ndiye ndinatengeredwa kuungani mene kupezeka mbuku la Luka. In Luke chapter 17, Muluka chapter 17, uh, you are told of a story of uh, 10 men who had leprosy. Yeah. When you start reading from verses 11 to 19, it's a story of 10 men with leprosy. And they met Jesus Christ. They called for help. And Jesus healed them of their leprosy. Out of 10 men, There was only one person. Because Jesus told them that go and show yourself to the priest. As they were going with their reproach. Along the way they realized that they are cleansed from their leprosy. One man Right there. Tain. He went back to find Jesus. And, and when he found Jesus, this is what he said. In verses 15, verse number 15, one of them when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and he was a Samaritan. Ndipo verse 15 nakuti mozi wayo ataona kuti wachilisidwa. Anabwelela naamika Mungu ndi mau okweza. Anagwesa ngope yake nabwa pa mapazi a Yesu ndi kumuthokoza. Ndipo iye anali Samaria. In verse 17 Jesus asked a question. Which is the first same question which I want us to have when we consider Genesis chapter 8 verse 15 to, uh, to 22. We are not all ten claims. Where are the other nine? Has not one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Why? The other nine didn't go back to praise and thank Jesus. But notice how this nine, uh, the, the, this one man uh, thanked Jesus. He shouted with praise to God. He Throw himself on the ground. On Jesus' feet. And thank him. That's worship. 
caused him to worship Jesus Christ? What caused him to thank God for what has happened? He was delivered. He was saved. He was saved from leprosy. So I want you to think that that, uh, that story as we come back to the book of Genesis. I think it's so easy to read this story and just brush the details and just think of it as oh, it's a history. And we don't need, we just need to hear what happened. But there are several things which are very important which Christians today need to learn. I think we need to learn what's going on here because it will teach us something which we don't do very well. In other words, the, I think the message of this passage is a, a worship is a proper response for God's salvation. And we see that in this passage. In case we, we, we have forgotten, we are coming in, uh, in verses 1 where God remembers Noah and his children and their wives are with every animal in the earth. Not that God had forgotten about Noah. But this word, when it says God remembered, it means God now is about to act upon his promises. So God already promised Noah that he's going to serve him with uh, his family. Now he has put him in the ark. Now it's the time to bring them out of the ark. Concluding his salvation to the and in these passages, first of all, we see in verses 15 to 19 that God commands Noah to come out of the ark. And we see Noah obeying God. Now, this is not a strange thing to see here. From the beginning, Noah has been obeying everything God has commanded him to do. We read words like in chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And when it was time to enter, God told him how they are, oh, they are supposed to enter in the, in the earth. 
angawi yoloa mchombo itakuwa na Mungu anamuza so Noah mene akuenea kuti aloele mchombo mene And Noah did all that God commanded him Ndipo Noah anachita chiri chonse chimene Mungu analamulira kuti achite So Noah started with obeying God Mungu Noah tu anayamba ndikumvera Mungu kuchiyamba now they are about to come out of the ark. We are also told that God Noah had to wait for God to command him to come out of the ark. Why am I saying that God, Noah had to wait for God to command him? Because of verses 13 and 14. In verses 13 and 14 we are told Noah actually Open the, uh, uh, the 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 uh, the opening of the ark and see that the the water had dried. Tikuona mu verse mene una kuti Noah anazasegula ndipo anaona kunona una kuti amaza nali atauma. So Noah could after he saw that the line was dry could have just walked out of the ark. Panda kuti mene Noah anazindikira kuna kuti kunja kumazi auma anakata kungotuluka yeka muchombo mene. But Verse 15 says, then God said to Noah, There is something which we learn from Noah here. But at the same time also, we, there is something we learn about God. Noah obeyed God fully till the end. And that helps us to understand, understand something about God. God demands a complete obedience. He's not looking for a 99% obedience. He doesn't want you to obey only in certain parts. He wants you to obey till the end. Noah could have just come out of the ark without waiting for God to turn to come out. But he said, that would have not been obedient. True obedience. It's obeying God. At the beginning, till the end, you are still obeying God. You are still obeying what He is commanding you to do. So we see God has commanded Noah to come out of the ark and Noah has obeyed God. Uh, so we are told of uh, Noah coming out of the ark from verses 18. Noah came out together with his son and his wife and the, uh, the, his son's wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that move, uh, move along land came out of the ark one kind after another. Njetu kuhusida mwvesi ya 18 yukunina kuti Noah anatuluka pamozi ndi anake amuna, nkazu wake, 
ndi ana ake uh, ndi akazi ana ake nyama zonse zokwawa zonse mbala mezose chiri chose choenda padziko lapansi zinatuluka mchombo mosogozana monga mwa mitundu yao this is now the 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 remnants of god's creation after it has been destroyed ukuti usono ndikubwezeresa kwa chirengedzo cha mungu chitaonongedwa kunja kwa jinga lao among all the things which god created in their multitude there are only these which have remained and these have remained because god has saved them so there has been a salvation which has happened they have been saved from god's wrath upon the uh, the, the inhabitants of the earth and you can see this as more like the, the, the new beginning they have experienced god serving power and God commands uh, the, all the animals which are coming out of the earth that they should multiply, they should increase. It's as if we are back in Genesis 1. Where God said increase and multiply. This is a new beginning. God has saved people. God has saved the creation. Now we are starting afresh. Noah is like a new Adam now. And in chapter 9, verse 1, you are going to have the same mandate given to human beings as well that they should increase and multiply just as in Genesis. So salvation brings a new beginning. But I want you to observe the response of Noah towards God because of this salvation. In verses, in verses 20, then Noah built an, uh, an altar to the Lord and taking some of the all clean animals and clean birds, uh, he sacrificed burnt offering on it. The Lord, uh, the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of uh, humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I, I have done. Verse uh, 2021, Genesis chapter 8. Because 
Sindiza dembelela sontaga, chifugwa jamundu. Ngakale kuti maganizo amuntima mwage, ndi oipa kuyambira ubwana wake. Ndipo sindiza ononga sozolengi da zonsi zamwe, monga ndajitiramu. So from verse 20, we see a heart of gratefulness. We see a heart of worship. And realize this. At this moment, God doesn't command Noah to build an, 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 an altar. Now, from where we started, everything Noah has been doing has been an, a, 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 an obedience to what God has commanded but there is a change here. He is not building an altar because God now has instructed him to build an altar. Why is Noah building an, uh, 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 an altar to the Lord? Because this is a response to the salvation Noah has experience with his father. I will say this. The, the mark of a true believer <laughs> is worship. Is Thankfulness. A person who is not worshiping God has not been served by God. A person who is not thankful to God hasn't experienced salvation. There is no way you can experience God's salvation upon your soul without Falling on your knees, worshiping with thanks. So we see Noah builds an, builds an altar so that he burns a sacrifice, a burn offering to the Lord. And this sacrifice is called a burnt offering. Now, in Genesis, we don't hear about a burnt offering. Like, it is not explained what a burnt offering is like. Only when you come to Leviticus chapter 1. And Moses is commanding uh, how the children of Israel can offer a burnt offering. They can take a bull. And they have to sacrifice the whole bull by burning it on the altar. And that bull becomes an atoning sacrifice. And this this sacrifice is the the sacrifice which is uh, entering in place of the one 
who is offering it. And they are supposed to burn all of it. All of it without removing anything. Everything is supposed to be burned. But also, you might take a goat or a lamb or birds like doves and you bring them to be burnt as a burnt offering. And you have to burn all of it. It was a sign of dedication. It is a sign that you are you are you are you are you are giving God everything which you are. And I think that's what the New Testament calls true worship. And so what caused Noah? to have this kind of response towards God. It is because of what God has done. Can you just imagine the entire world of that time all of them were killed by the water. Sometimes it is hard for us to imagine that. Because we are not there. And we have never made the experience something like that. That's why most of the people when they read that story. They think that it's not a real story. But if you were in the shoes of Noah, it was something which Noah himself can't explain why God has rescued him among everyone who has been destroyed. It has to be God's grace. God's favor for Noah. Something which he didn't work for. It was just a gift to him. Now Noah realized that I am alive because God chose to give me this grace. And that caused Noah to give him everything. He's not going to give him only parts of this sacrifice. He's giving everything. And notice it's not any kind of animal and bird. It is a clean animal and a clean bird. Which is also a shadow of the future. So we see that a person who has really experienced true salvation he is filled with worship. 
He is filled with gratitude. Then we ask you the very same question which Jesus Christ asked. Why did the nine men didn't come back to the worship? Because but only one. Why? In today's churches, we don't see people who are so grateful to God, who are worshipping God right now. You see, though if you don't worship God rightly, if you, are, if you are not filled with thanksgiving to God, it's a clear indication. You don't ever understand the salvation which God has given you. All you haven't experience at all the salvation which God has given I think Christians, people who are called by the name Christian, are supposed to be the most grateful people on earth. What is true worship? In Romans chapter 1, chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, but mainly verse 2. This, this is true worship. So therefore, I, I, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Uh, Just one. Uh, verse Aroma chapter 12, verse 1. And notice that Paul doesn't say offer a, part, a portion of your body as a living sacrifice. That's your proper worship. It says offer your bodies, all of it. As a living sacrifice. It is not going to be a burnt sacrifice. It will be a living sacrifice. But it is all of it. Why will somebody do that? Why will somebody do that? Why? Why? Yes. I think uh, the only answer goes to how you understand your salvation. Why will you give God everything? If you understand that God has given you everything. But it's more than that. Either. When you understand that he gave you what you don't even, what you didn't deserve. 
ndipo kapo kaso muda zindikira kuti anakopasani inu chimene sichi maenera when you understand that you are not a better person you are like any other person and in the midst of your sin what the bible says when you were dead in your sin Rotting before God without any desire for God without seeking God no one is righteous while we were still sinners God demonstrated his love towards us Christ died for us. What it means is I will never have to endure God's wrath on my sin again. The wrath that in Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 22 says causes fire to burn in the Shiro, in the Hades. That wrath causes fire to burn there. And I'm not going to endure that wrath again. Because Jesus has died for me. Because Jesus has drunk every drop of God's wrath. Therefore, since I am in Jesus Paul says in Romans chapter 8 verse 1 there is no longer condemnation against all of those who are in Jesus I have been justified by the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That kind of salvation, when you understand it that way, that I deserve death, but something has happened I will not die anymore but I have life because God has chosen to give me life it is his love for me to live through his son that Will make you to be grateful for it. Now, so most of us we are not grateful. Because number one, we haven't seen God flooding the air and killing everyone. We have never seen God raining fire. To burn Sodom and Gomorrah. We have never seen God eliminating all the wicked people. But there is fire coming. And that fire. 
It is called the lake of fire. It is no longer lake of water. It is the lake of fire. And there is only one person who will be saved from that lake of fire. He who finds life in Jesus Christ. And when you know that you have found life in Jesus Christ, you realize that that's so you are filled with thanksgiving being thankful it's a command actually we are commanded to be thankful in everything but you can't be thankful even in little things if you are not thankful on a bigger thing which God has done the salvation of your life but also notice that when, when Noah responded rightly to God's salvific work, notice also God's response towards because of uh, a proper response of Noah, God gives more grace. He gives two promises. He gives these promises regardless the status of humankind. He gives these promises because of the, the, the act of worship of Noah. And he promised, he doesn't promise Noah. He promised the whole creation. Regardless the state which the creation is at this moment. But in verse 21, God says, back to Genesis. Uh, in verse 21, Then the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I cast the ground. Then you can pause there and then jump to the end. And never again will I destroy all living creatures. These are the biggest events which God has done. He has uh, things which he has done to the whole creation. The first event, because of man's sin, the whole creation, the whole ground was cursed. That's Adam. So Adam sinned and God said, cursed is the ground because of your sin. 
Second event. Now the, 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 the entire race of humans have become so wicked. And God said, I will destroy every living thing because of their wickedness. So God cast the ground because of the wickedness, wickedness of man. God destroyed everything because of the wickedness of man. But there is a change here. God is no longer going to curse the ground just as he cursed the ground. God is no longer going to destroy every living thing just as he has done. The question is, why? What Noah has just done. Noah Noah has given a proper worship towards God. And because of that, God will never cast the ground again. Because of that, God will not destroy every human being again and every living thing. But notice that he's not going to do that because now everyone will be like, no. It says, I'll never do these things, even though. Even though every inclination of the human heart is evil. From childhood. If we were to put the words of David, David doesn't abuse beyond childhood. Uh, David uh, in Psalm 51 he says I was sinful from in my mother's womb when my mother conceived me I was already a sinner so that's just an addition to what God is saying here. God identifies that there is still a problem. The problem is man's heart is always evil, fashioning evil all the time, even from the time they are little. They are still evil. Mungu akupeza vuto mamuntu kuti muntu muntima maake dioipa kuyambira akadariwa mungu. In other words, if God was to act according to man's wickedness, manjira ina kana kala kuti mungu amenela kuchida potenga moere kesandi kuipa kuamuntu. No one can survive. Palibe amene anga kulumuki. God will destroy again. Everything. 
And he will still be just to do so. So the question comes now. Will that not make God unjust by letting the wickedness to go on without punishing it? I think there is something bigger which God is doing here. Realize that Noah has just given a proper response towards God's salvation. But you and I knows that Noah is not a perfect man. And later on we are, we are going to be told that he's a drunkard. So he's not, he's not the seed of the woman whom we are looking for. But I think which Noah showed or portrayed here it has a fuller uh, fulfillment in the future and God already knows that there, this is a shadow of the reality in the future and it is because of that which will happen in the future which will establish a proper worship and because of that proper worship I will never destroy the, uh, all living things again I will never catch the ground again. God is thinking of the time when Jesus Christ will come. Jesus Christ came on the earth. In chapter 4 of John, he meets a Samaritan woman. Then they engage in this conversation which leads to what is worship. And the woman says, we worship in the mountain, you Jews worship in Jerusalem. In other words, what is Proper worship. Is it to worship God in the hills? Or worshiping God in temple? Listen to what Jesus said. Listen to me, woman. A time is come. And it has come. It is come. It is already here. When the true worshippers of God will worship him and will worship him in truth and in spirit. For God is the spirit. And those who need to worship him must worship him in truth 
and in the spirit. Such are the worshippers he is seeking. How will a person who is born in sin worship God in truth and in, in spirit? How can a, a man who is from his time or from his youth has been evil? Worship now God in truth and in spirit. How can a person who is born dead spiritually now start worshiping God? Only if that person has believed the words of Jesus has believed the Father has heard the gospel because Jesus said he who hears my words and believes the Father who sent me has life and he doesn't come into judgment anymore because he has crossed from death to life. God was seeing a day when God is going to raise dead, spiritually dead people into life. And because of that, he will never destroy everything again. again. He will never cast the ground again. Because of the work of Jesus Christ. Because of the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. God promises. He will never cast the ground again. He will not he will never destroy every living thing again. But you wonder the, the Bible says this whole creation will be destroyed by fire. So how will God now? Fulfill his promise. While in uh, Peter, we are told everything we see will be consumed by fire. It's when you come to the end of the book of Revelation. Chapter 21. <laughs> then John said, Then I saw. New heavens. New earth. It is in that in that creation. God will never curse that ground again. God will never destroy that new creation again. And in Romans chapter 8, Paul says the whole creation groans with eager expectation of that new creation. 
Why will God never destroy that creation? Because you see that creation, it will be filled with the true worshippers only. That creation will be filled with people who are thankful because of what God has done. It will be filled with people who, know, who are truly falling on the feet of Jesus because of the salvation which God has given them Today we do not have people who can come to Jesus and throw themselves on his feet because Jesus has saved them. The reason we do not have such people, I'm speaking to you, church, because we do not know what God has done. Worship today has become a duty. It has become something which is a is a it's a culture. Oh, we on Sunday we go to church. So everyone goes to church. Oh, I'm expected to be in choir. I'm expected to be in women's uh, uh, singing group. I'm expected to be at the Bible study. And if they don't force me, I don't even go. Only until we understand what God has done to us. That's when we are going to see true worship. If we understand the salvation God has given us, that's the only way we can worship God rightly. And we are going to give God everything. We're not going to give Him a, a just a half of our lives. We're not going to just give Him. Only a few hours of our lives. We are not going to give him only portions of our lives. We are going to give him everything. And we will be worried. Why can't we give him more than what we are giving him? Because you realize that God is worthy. Everything times times. No, I'm finishing now. If, if, if your marriage can make you not to come to church, if your business can make you fail to come to church, if your work can make you not to come to worship God, 
If there is anything in your life that will make you not to come to worship God, know this. When you don't know your salvation, you know you need to know that you do not understand anything about God's salvation. And that's a danger. Because if you do not understand God's salvation, you might not be saved. And if God was to come today, you are going to hell. So it's good time to reflect on God's salvation. Think how God has saved you. What does that look like? What does it mean? Does it feel like you are going to spend eternity in hell? Does it feel like you are going to spend eternity in heaven? And now you will spend eternity in heaven. And just because of what Jesus did, I feel like if you understand that, you will be forever grateful for what Jesus said. May God fill our hearts with gratefulness because of what he has done. Our heavenly Father, we pray and ask that you fill our hearts with because of what Jesus has done. And many things which he is still doing in our lives. May we show our true worship towards you. By giving everything. By offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. If there is no one who has ever understood this mercy, help them to understand the gospel. May it sink deep in their hearts. Until they realize the salvation which we have in Jesus. As they receive it through faith. So we ask you for your blessing. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.